VIP listeners, you are now on the mark. Glad to have you listening. We're uh, excited to be doing this episode. We got Mike Marino coming on the show. The Sixers, the beloved Sixers, have sent the series back to Boston. We know a lot of folks in Philly, Jersey, and whatnot are very happy about that. Frankly, I still don't think they're going to win the series. I don't think really anybody in their right mind thinks they're going to win the series. But it's nice to see them continue to battle, not quit. Speaking of battling, I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm battling. Uh, My body is physically breaking down. I'm exhausted. I've been bartending, working every day. If I'm not bartending, I'm either working on the podcast, in the gym, and just doing everyday shit. I need a vacation like you wouldn't believe. Now, my co-host and producer, Benny the Bear Jew Spielberg, who many of you guys are becoming more and more familiar with and seem to be enjoying his work, which we're thrilled about. He uh, is truly battling right now. It looks like he was in a heavyweight fight this past weekend. He's got a black eye and bruise on his nose like you wouldn't believe. He's battered and bruised. We're comparing him to every movie character that's ever had a black eye. It looks tough, though, doesn't it, Marky? It's not a bad look. It's a cool look. You'll have to give the VIP listeners a selfie. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. They've been calling me around town. Benny the Raging Bear Juice Spielberg. Yep, Raging Bull. Yeah, absolutely. That's fitting. Come on, we have fights all the time. When you worry now, you're going to hit me in the face? Hit me in the face. Go ahead. No. Oh, are you afraid? Afraid of what? Come on, I'll be a little faggot. Come on, hit me. You want me to hit you? I want you to hit me with everything you got. I want you to fucking lay me out. Go ahead. You sure? Yeah. Go ahead. Harder. Yeah? You punch so I can take it up the ass. Come on. Harder. Harder. Like I said, it's not the worst look. Sometimes a girl might, it might pique their interest. It's a conversation piece. The only problem about it is having to have that ice pack on your face all day. Here's the thing, Marky. It's ironic you said a heavyweight fight. A lot of us know Canelo Alvarez got busted for doping. Triple G and his guys, they were looking for somebody to throw on the card. I got my name on it, Marky. (laughs) I got my ass kicked for a round and a half. (laughs) Now tell the VIP listeners really what happened. It was really just one hell of a Cinco de Mayo, Marky. Okay, let's leave it at that, folks. Cinco de Mayo can uh, can be dangerous. A lot of tequila, a lot of Coronas. You keep it in Mexico, and uh, bad things can happen. That's why we got to build the wall, folks. Yeah, my face got busted in a little, but we're all right. Hash- we're living. Hashtag build the wall. We're doing all right. Uh, yeah, no, we are we are doing all right. I'm really uh, really looking forward to talking to Mike. Mike Marino just got back. Uh, from doing his comedy show on some cruise. He's got a couple cool little things lined up he's going to talk to us about. And we wanted to keep you guys uh, updated on the Tilted Kilt saga. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here it is, gang. We went to the Tilted Kilt last Sunday. Frankly, we put in hard man hours. We put together a phenomenal show. It was a fun time. It was a great time. Let's call it what it is, Benny. We brought them business. We did. Every guy there, including us, had a big bar tab. Uh Uh-huh. Food, drinks, shots, buying people drinks and shots, having great conversation with the girls. It was a fun time. People all around looking on, laughing their asses off. The place was relatively empty, and we kind of gave it a Sunday fun day vibe like we know how to do. And people were really enjoying their time there. That's what we were brought in to do. And we delivered bigly. Yeah, we did. Very bigly. Too bigly. Apparently too bigly. Too much sex, too much rock and roll, too much drugs. The suits at Tilted Kilt, Tilted Kilt Corporate, 
got a hold of the episode. Uh, they demanded we take it down. They didn't appreciate it they too much. They didn't appreciate it too much. And Benny, I think we totally agree here. This is a place, the Tilted Kilt, that has half-naked girls walking around. Yes. So, the show's like a Mike Missinelli, you know, a show from The Fanatic, a show from WIP. They're not going to connect their brand with that. I want to pull back the curtains for our listeners a little and tell them that the Tilted Kilt lawyers told our legal team that we could not be controversial and we had to be restaurant-appropriate conversation. Now, let me tell you, Marky, Tilted Kilt's uniforms alone are controversial and not restaurant-appropriate to most people. Right. Small contradiction right off the bat. Yeah, it's just ironic. And the content we delivered was very suitable for a bar scene. It was perfect. That's locker room talk, man. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. bar talk. What type of conversations do you think happen in bars? I was going to say, <laughs> those waitresses were not out of place, Marky. They no. were not. They were fishing water with those combos. They loved it. They couldn't wait to get... These girls couldn't wait to see who was going to get on the mic next. They were loving it. They were. And one was trying to outdo the next. I know. They were pulling them in. They were having so much fun. Exactly. Uh, so gang what we're trying to tell you guys and some of you were there and witnessed it firsthand it was a beautiful scene a lot of fun good conversation people who listened to the show were cracking up couldn't believe what they were hearing but that's what on the mark is you don't know what you're going to get on an episode to episode basis you're going to get intellectual conversation you're going to get outrageous conversation you're going to get some sports talk, some dating talk, some pop culture talk, food talk. We do it all. Current events. That's the lure of this show. You don't yeah. know what you're going to get. We're going to spread it out a little bit. This isn't NPR, and they wanted NPR to come to the Tilted Kilt. Right. And that'll never happen. Right. And then, God forbid, that they ever tried to uh, reel in a professional's content. You never try to restrict an artist. Benny. Seriously. You know, people don't understand the man hours and the work that goes into making these shows that we put out. And we could have been doing other things at other places. Uh, you know, they're not going to hogtie us and waste our time. Yeah, they were jerking us around, man. They were bullshitting. And at the end of the day, they didn't cross their T's. They didn't dot their I's. They did not do their due diligence before this. And, you know, we kind of paid the price for it. But that's okay, Marky. We get banned from yet another place. Yeah, look. The On The Mark Roadshow is a ongoing tour. It's the, uh, you know, U.S. Open Bar Show Challenge, essentially. Who can handle us? We're, we're too hot to trot, Benny. Yeah, the road goes on forever and the party never ends, babe. The road goes on forever and the party never ends. And gang, we already have garnered offers from four other bars uh, in Philadelphia, the Jersey Shore, and in a few other local locations. Places that want to bring us in and we're already in new contract talks looking to hammer out a deal. This is the art of the deal, guys. This is the art of business. Yeah, we'll figure it out. And hey, Tilted Kilt. Do you like apples? Yeah. How you like them apples? And when we get back from break, guys, we got a little more art for you. Mike Marino is on the mark. I'll deliver Marino. Hey, 
Lighting up my face, splashing down into my grin. My eyes become alive, a feeling left behind. A hidden world untied, creating hope you see today. Clouds, they went away, forever did I wait. Karma finally found my plate, and now I'm All right, VIP listeners, we now have our guy, great stand-up comedian, Mike Marino, back on the show. Mike, you are now on the mark. Welcome back, my man. Hey, man, thank you. So nice to be back on your show. I like the name, too. Uh, On the mark. It's got a ring to it, right? It's vicious. (laughs) Now, now, Mike, you were telling me you were on this cruise. I'm very, very jealous. I need a vacation like no other. I might have to dress up as like a pool boy and sneak on one of these cruises that you've been doing these shows on. How have the shows been? You know, what I did was I structured a cruise every month. So I just did a weekend on this one particular cruise. And this cruise was filled with people from, let's say, Alabama, North Carolina, Kansas, and stuff like that. And it was great to hear them hoot and holler and and yell out Yankee and this, that, and the other thing. But just to know that my comedy works internationally and nationally really, really well. Right. It was like my cousin Vinny. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, they were were all like, hey, boy, man, you're making me laugh, man. You're a funny man. Yeah, what's the heck? You know. (laughs) Now, Mike, let let me ask you a question here. If that boat that you're on, that cruise ship, if that ever goes down like the Titanic, are you, are you letting the women and children off first or are you getting on one of those lifeboats and getting to shore? Are you kidding me? <laughs> if there's ever a problem on one of these boats, I'm the captain and I'm going to yell out, every man for himself, <laughs> women and children, get behind me. You're only going to get in the way. <laughs> I agree, man. I, I you know, I'm a little fearful of some of those boats. I mean, wasn't there one off the uh, coast of Italy not too long ago that crashed and people were dying, drowning, whatever? I mean, that that's a horrible scene if that ever happened. God forbid, right, Mike? It would be a tragedy, you know? And uh, I, I don't think things like that happen too much anymore. But um, I, I can't imagine a big ship like that going down and cracking in half and all that metal and all that death. I mean, if you think about all the places on those ships, the knives and the forks and the dishes and the band, and oh man, what a mess. Yeah, it's like the modern modern day uh, Titanic. You know, that movie, that the scene that always stuck for me for, with the Titanic, 
Kate Winslet never gave DiCaprio any room on that on that piece of wood, that board in the in that freezing water they were in. How do you not scoot over a little bit? You're supposed to be in love with the kid. Okay, let him let him hop on. Well, you know, it's a movie. Because, you know, in real life, I'd have been like, hey, sweetheart, listen, do me a favor. Get off that piece of wood. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's right. It's survival. Only the strong survive. And the next survive. time we go on vacation, we're going to the Caribbean. This is ridiculous. <laughs> right. I might have been using her as a flotation device. Let me tell you something. Water that cold, you die as soon as you hit it. Oh, my <laughs> God. that That's an absolute nightmare. I don't, I don't like getting in a cold pool. I like the pool to be heated. I don't even take a cold shower. Are you kidding me? Right, right. I know. If, if, if for whatever reason the shower water isn't getting warm for who knows why, I'm not even getting in. Well, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mike, what projects you got coming up? Um, you know what? Tonight I just got off the phone with Danny Ayala, and I know Danny has this Isn't song that, that he's got coming out. He wanted me to listen to it because it's got some subliminal messages and it would be a good walk-on tune for me to be walking on stage till the next time I jump in front of an audience. And I'm really, really happy about that. So I got a lot of radio shows to do, including yours, uh, as obviously, and then uh, going on tour. So this uh, Thursday, I'll be in Sudbury, uh, Canada. Friday night, I'll be in Salt St. Marie, Canada. Saturday, I'll be in Utica, New York at the Stanley Theater. The next week, I'm going to do three shows at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood. The following week, on May 23rd, they're honoring me as the Italian-American of the Year in Alpine, New Jersey. Maybe you guys would like to come. Wow, that's It'd incredible. It'd be really, really yeah. cool. We could do a live radio show all at the same time. Yeah. And then Friday night, May 25th, I will be at the uh, – is it Friday night or Saturday night? Friday night. May 25, I will be at the Palace Theater in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, right by Pittsburgh. Very nice. Yeah, you're all over, man. That's awesome. A lot of Italians up in hey, Canada from May. what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of Italians all over the world. They come out in droves. You know, I named my show Make America Italian Again. Right. And it's sticking. Everybody wants to wear the shirts I got. It says Make America Italian Again on the jackets. And, uh, you know, it's just a joke, but it's funny. Uh, I did a joke at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood about three weeks ago, and it was about why people in New Jersey curse so much. And that I didn't even know the F word was a dirty word to move to California. I thought it was like the word, duh, you just say it all the time. And it went viral, hit 1.5 million people in two weeks. Oh, that's beautiful, Mike. That's awesome. Yeah. 2,700 comments. And everybody's saying it's so true, and then you got all these people saying this is the funniest guy alive. It's really fake. It, it feels phenomenal. You know what I mean? But you know what? Because, phenomenal. Because it's true. The, the word "fuck." I say it when I'm happy. I say it when I'm mad. I say it when I'm sad. It's just a, a regular word to use on a on a daily basis. Oh, I didn't even know I could curse on your show, but that's the way the joke goes. Yeah. I said I didn't know "fuck" was a dirty word till we moved to California. And people looking at me like, man, New Jersey people curse so much. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I didn't say shit. <laughs> like, who twisted your nuts, lady? We're having a conversation. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, my uh, my co-host, my producer, Benny, he's got a brutal black eye right now. And he's wondering, he said to me before uh, you came on, he said, I wonder if Mike's got any good jokes about having a black eye that maybe he could that I could use on a girl or whatever. 
Got any good black eye jokes, Mike? I know that's incredibly random. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I have a joke, but if he has a black eye and he wants to, and he wants to talk to a girl or something, he should say, "Yeah, I got the black eye because uh, this girl, it's a good friend of mine. Her boyfriend was trying to beat her up, and I had to step in oh, and take care great. of business." Look what happened to me. That's great. I love it. See, Benny, that's why we... we that's good stuff, Marky. That's good stuff. That's why we bring Mike on. He's, he's no dummy. He, you know, that's that might get you late. No, nah, seriously. I'll use that tonight. <laughs> Either that or go to a restaurant and order a steak and tell the guy, don't cook it, just bring it right from the freezer and see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Now, Mike, let me ask Imagine you... Imagine that. No, it'd be great. Give me give me a steak, and I want it rare, like raw. <laughs> like, just bring it from the freezer and slap it on my eye. Steak carpaccio. I wonder why they even did that. That was like in the movies back in the day when a guy had a black eye and they drew the steak on his eye. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like a Looney Tunes thing or something. But I, I think... Cause, Maybe because it was cold. Yeah, yeah. Like, back in the day, I don't think they had ice packs. You know, and, and not many refrigerators had ice machines. So to get a piece right. of get a piece of steak, throw it on your eye, and uh, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Now That's the Italian doctor. Yeah, yeah. You got a black guy. Where is a piece of steak? <laughs> and then if you came from a real Italian family, it was like this: this ain't steak. This is brajol. <laughs> right. I was going to say it might be like a frozen uh, chicken cutlet or chicken breast. Or veal chop. I go for a nice chicken cutlet right now. I know I'm on my my uh, summer diet, Mike, and it's absolutely killing me. No pasta, really, no bread. Uh, you know, I, I just grilled food, broiled food. I'm eating like a real medagon, and it's really depressing me. It's funny you should say that because everybody I know is doing that. Everybody now here the last two weeks, I lost five pounds. No bread. No pasta, no sugar in my coffee. I went on the cruise. I gained ten pounds. <laughs> really? Wow! I'm what not am I surprised. To they had they have the best food, you know. I bet I bet it's a dynamite buffet. Oh, the buffet is ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's like uh, those buffets, those legendary buffets in Vegas too. They're trouble, man. They are trouble. Ah. Oh. Well, because you start getting really weird, you start thinking, you know what? I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah, exactly. Eat everything there is. Uh, next thing you know, the, Plus, the the summer diet's gone. When I go to the buffet and I'm on one of those ships, that food is free, and I attack it. Yeah, I love the breakfast. I like the lunch. Plus, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs everywhere. It's my favorite. Yeah. Is it a a lot of couples? A lot of families? Is it more single crowd? What uh, you know, what what's it looking like on that ship? It all depends on what ship you go on. Most of them are couples. Right. Uh, people, wedding parties, bachelorette parties and shit. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be a good time. I, I wouldn't mind linking up with a bachelorette party, partying with them. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's not always that easy. They usually just drunk on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're usually trash. Absolutely trash. I met a girl, Mike, last summer out in Vegas. We had the best time by the pool. We had the best time after the pool. I find out through social media that that was her bachelorette party, 
and she was going back to Canada to get married. That's messed up, man. I know. I had no clue. I would not. Well, I don't know if I would have done it or not, but uh, I had no clue that she was engaged and that was her bachelorette. That's messed up. What kind of a girl is that? How do you even explain it? Because you imagine, because if it happened to you, you'd be like, sweetheart, do you think that's okay? I know. Just because it was your bachelor party, you think that that's okay? I know. Your wedding is off. Give me back my money. It's insane. It's insane. These girls these days, Mike, they're wild. It's not like it used to be. I remember a long time ago, and it was, but I was just, just digging in in California. It was about maybe 25, 26. And some girl, she goes, oh, I just want to go home and be with you. I want to be with you. And she did. And I called her for like a week. She wouldn't return none of my phone calls. Finally, she called me up. I go, well, how come you weren't calling me back? And she goes, I was on my honeymoon. Oh, my God. I'm like, God. are you shitting me? That is jacked up. I know. That is so wrong. That is so damn wrong. It is wrong. And then I'm the bad guy. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah, then you're the one. That, you're right, exactly. Now, uh, Mike, uh, we were talking earlier about the Summer Shore videos, those retro-type videos from Belmar and Seaside, Seaside, whatnot. You said you're putting them into production now. Uh, what, what do you got going on with them? Well, we're going to try to sell it as a documentary series. It would be about three hours about the life and times of my beach house friends from the year 1985 through 1995. And we have everything filmed and all the footage is there. And then I grabbed some of my friends and I had them talk about, you know, what, what it was like in that era. And uh, it's pretty dynamite because the thing is, it was already filmed. You can actually watch what might have been the first original reality show long before the words reality show. Right. Which is ver a very cool concept. And with the Jersey Shore having like their reunion season on MTV or whatever it is. Uh, it could be fitting, yeah. man. It, you know, a lot of people like that type of stuff. Well, that's where I'm at with it. I hope that's going to go down. That's what we're doing. What did you it's enjoy pretty more, badass Mike? when you look at it, man. I believe it. Uh, I'm looking forward to you. You said you are going to email that one over to me. Um, what did you enjoy more, Mike? The 80s or 90s? Uh, I think the late 80s and the early 90s was all pretty much the same. Was it all a blur? I wouldn't say it's all a blur, because I got it on tape. If I ever forget anything, I could just rewind. <laughs> Good point. But the late 80s and the early 90s were great. Just the greatest of times. But I would say the 80s were better. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Benny, why don't you take us in now and play the cue to music for this mob movie quote game we like to play with Mike here. Mike, we got two quotes for you. Last time we tried this out, it was we were tough on you. We were hard on you. We're going to take it a little bit easier on you this time. Uh, two mob-type movies. Here we go. Here's the first quote. You ready? Yeah. Charlie M., ah. you make me pop your fucking eye out of your head to protect that piece of shit! Charlie M., you dumb motherfucker! Oh, man. You guys picked the best ones, man. Charlie, huh? An epic mob uh, Pope, Pope Greenwich Village. Nope, nope, nope. I love the Pope of Greenwich Village, one of my all-time favorites. But that is Joe Pesci in Casino when he's got the guy's head in yeah, a vice. Yeah. 
Pope of Greenwich Village is Holy great, Mike. Shit. Is that one of your favorites? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, Eric Roberts. Took my thumb, Charlie. <laughs> oh, that's why you went Pope of Greenwich Village, because of, because of Charlie. Wasn't Daryl Hannah's yeah, yeah. name? Daryl Hannah's name in that movie? No, no, no. Mickey Rourke's name was Charlie. One of their names was Charlie. It was Daryl Hannah, I think. I don't know, but uh, that was a good movie, boy. Yeah, it was. It was. All right, here we go. All right, give me the other one. This is the other one. Here it is. You're gonna do this for me? I'm gonna clip your nuts. I can clip your daddies. Oh, smoke. <laughs> I'll give you a hint, Mike. It's a little more recent. It's actually much more recent than the movie Casino. Recent? Past uh, five or so years. More recent than Casino? Yes, much more. The, I the Iceman. Oh, I heard that was a great book. I saw the movie, too. Uh, the Town. When the florist was pushing uh, Ben Affleck to rob the bank, Ben Affleck refused, and I uh, was pressuring him to uh, do what he was saying he needed to do. I never, saw, I never saw that movie. All right, well that's why he didn't get the the quote. Then makes sense. That's a good I'm one. I'm gonna have to see that. If you like Boston type movies, if you, Ben Affleck, Jeremy Renner, it's a good cast. Um, what's his face from uh, Mad Men? John Hamm. Very good movie. Highly recommend that one called the town the town you would i know you would All like right. it mike for real if you're bored tonight if you're laying in bed laying on a couch resting up for a big week big month ahead watch the town i'm gonna be sleeping as soon as you and i hang up this phone i'm exhausted <laughs> all right i hear you man me me as well uh mike we love you thank you for coming on brother Cannot wait to talk to you again, and good luck with all these upcoming shows. And, of course, that award, that's a tremendous award you're receiving, and uh, we would definitely love to be there and set up shop and do a show from there. All right, let's make that happen. That's May 23rd. I'll get you all the details. And I got a lot of new celebrity friends. I'm going to have them call into your show. Beautiful. And, uh, that sounds let's like make a, it happen, all right? That sounds like a beautiful thing, Mike. Have a great rest of your night, man. Right. Thank you. Take it easy. Oh man, Betty, Mr. Mike Marino delivered bigly for us, man. He's uh, he's funny, and I'm just upset. I'm sad he can't get any of these mob movie quotes. Uh, it's a tough game, though, Marky. It really is a tough game. It is. It's uh, not like Family Feud. Those answers aren't easy to get. No, that's right. And speaking of Family Feud, Steve Harvey, who I'm a fan of. I like Steve. He had that Miss America flub. I always liked Steve Harvey. Sure. Well, especially once Bernie Mac died. Yeah, he kind of fills that void, even though he doesn't... A little bit. Yeah, he doesn't do, like, the small, cool movie parts that sure. Bernie did. But whatever. Steve was always funny. Like, when I was younger, I used to watch the Steve Harvey show all the time. Um, I think it was on, like, I don't know, UPN or whatever. Sure. But I would watch it very often. Steve is a... He gives off a warm vibe, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a cool guy, even though I've heard he's flipped out multiple times about people in the back. What, in the crowd in, at his show? Uh, Like in the back room and behind stage. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. and all. Like his co-workers and whatnot? He sent out a memo to everyone, Marky. <laughs> what? And what the hell did this memo say? 
It was pretty harsh, man. It honestly was pretty harsh. Well, so much for that warm feeling. Nah, I still think he's a good guy because I see where he's coming from. You want me to read the memo? <laughs> Is it like one of my memos that I send out to the On The Mark family? It's slightly long. Okay. But, you know, he comes in with kind words. All right, go ahead. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. I'd like you all to review and adhere to the following notes and rules for season five of my talk show. <laughs> there will be no meetings in my dressing room. No stopping by or popping in. No one. <laughs> Do not come to my dressing room unless invited. Do not open my dressing room door. If you open my door, expect to be removed. My security team will stop everyone from standing at my door who have the intent to see or speak to me. I want all ambushing to stop now. <laughs> ambushing! Get ambushed, man. <laughs> that includes TV staff. You must schedule an appointment. I have been taken advantage of by my lenient policy in the past. This ends now. No more. Do not approach me while I'm in my makeup chair unless I ask to speak with you directly. Either knock or use the doorbell. I am seeking more free time for me throughout the day. Do not wait in any hallway to speak to me. I hate being ambushed. Please make an appointment. I promise you I will not entertain you in the hallway and do not attempt to walk with me. If you're reading this, yes, I mean you. Everybody, do not take offense to my new way of doing business. It is for the good of my personal life and enjoyment. Thank you all, Steve Harvey. Okay, that's fucking hilarious. I totally see where he's coming from. Yes. Because, Benny, how about this? When we're setting up shop for the show and we have people around uh, in studio with us or whatever location we're at, I kind of hush everybody and I request that they don't talk to me about anything that's not going to be talked about on the show. God damn it. Can't everybody stop for 10 minutes? I mean, everybody seems that that's the only... Everybody can we stick... Jesus Christ. I mean, it's not that much to ask. Is that when everybody has to move when I'm trying to concentrate? Jesus. And you guys thought I was a pain. I mean, it's so rude. I can't believe it. That's it's so goddamn rude. Just why does everyone all of a sudden have to move? I've had two fucking hours to move around. Wait 10 minutes. Jesus. I'm sorry to explode by that, but that's it's like no one's ever worked on TV here before. <laughs> Jesus. Sunken under the kill. What the fuck do they think I'm doing? I, I do that occasionally. Like don't... I said, I see where he's coming yeah, from, man. I do too. He's a busy guy. He talks for a living. Yeah. He has to talk about a lot of different kind of shit. And how many shows does he do? Right. Three, four, seven? Plus like these guest appearances at award shows and exactly. other things. Exactly. The man's I mean, very busy. Not to mention, like he indicated in that memo, he has a family. He has a personal life. Yes. Like, dude, this he's is... He's a person like any of us. All right. And it's some strenuous stuff. I totally get where he's coming from. I 100% get where he's coming from. And Listen, it, people, people are calling it harsh. I think it's perfectly acceptable. I and, think it's normal. And the, I love that he calls it ambushing. It's hilarious multiple <laughs> times. I wonder what kind of questions he's being. He's got to be show-related questions. I was going to say people pitching him stuff. Yeah, people constantly that. trying. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, even this is going to sound horrible to some, but even like 
constant charity work, which yeah. is fine. Obviously, I'm sure Steve Harvey has a ton of charities, God, but no that's doubt. the thing. He only has so much time to do charitable efforts and no anything else. No doubt. Even if it's just a 30-second little montage for a bar mitzvah right. little memo. That's annoying. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, think about John from fucking the sound room coming over to Steve Harvey and going, Hey, Steve, my son's getting bar mitzvah. Could you uh, just say a little message that we could play the video during the montage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of All course. seven days? Because the Jews love Steve Harvey. Uh, yeah, we do. Harvey's a Jewish name. And the Italians love Steve Harvey. Everybody does. Now, speaking of the Italians loving Steve Harvey, South Philly's own big-time cook who has a spot in Fort Lauderdale, Vegas, Atlantic City, uh, two in Florida. He had two in Vegas. I don't know if he has two anymore, but uh, there was one in Paris and one in Rio. Uh, Steve Martirano. Another Steve. Hell of a cook. I've eaten at all his locations. Yeah. Uh, it's a hell of an experience eating at his locations. Uh, he's playing mob movies. Yeah, I uh, love it. Cool atmosphere. He's got a DJ. The lighting is cool. It's um kind of feeding off of that STK nightlife dining experience. And it's cool, you know, it's... You know, I wouldn't want to eat like that every night, but every now and then, that's cool to do. Yeah, it's a cool experience. And he uses the freshest ingredients. Uh, the, f the food is phenomenal. It's expensive, uh, but you pay for what you get, and it's a great spot. A lot of cool options on the menu. So long story short, Steve Martirano was on Steve Harvey's show recently, and boy, did it get emotional. Now, Steve Martirano is a self-proclaimed street guy. And uh, not, not self-proclaimed, you know, it's a, apparently a fact. He's a tough guy. He's a workout guy, in good shape, uh, tatted up. And, you know, that doesn't mean somebody can't get emotional. But, damn, Benny, he got emotional, didn't he? Oh, yeah, Mark, he got worked up. But I, I, I understand why. I mean, he went into the thing about his mother and how she loved Steve Harvey. And, you know, he had a personal connection. Yeah, yeah, and that is meaningful. Yeah, it was a little moving. You know, there's... Losing a parent's a hard thing at any age. It's sad, uh, as we know. And Steve Marano's experiencing that, uh, I guess, recently losing his mother, who apparently watched the Steve Harvey show on a daily basis. Huge fan. So then Steve Marano appeared on uh, Harvey's show on his mother's birthday. Hmm. Special. And uh, play listeners a clip or two. Let them get a feel for it. Well, man, well, we here. Together? Yeah, together. My mother, my mother loved you. I think she loved you more than she loved me. Well, listen, your mother right now is meeting my mother in heaven for the first Amen. time. Amen. Amen. They looking down on their two boys. Did something with their life. Yeah, man. Come out the dirt. Dirt. Yo, they talking about I know, I know your story. Yeah. You know my story? I know some of it. I, I, I start out of a basement selling sandwiches, knocking on people's doors, door to door. No education. No culinary background, had no money, was a street guy trying to earn on the street. Everybody was going to jail, getting killed. I had to change my life. I couldn't sing or dance, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I, I started a cook, and that's what happened. Started you know, cooking. Man, I got four restaurants. Yeah. Four, bro. You had 40 bucks in your pocket when I you opened went to my, I opened my joint, my place in Fort Lauderdale for $40. And I say this, I don't mean to get emotional. I ain't no punk. Listen to me. I ain't no... Yeah. I'm not no punk. Come on, I got you. I know. 
when, you, when you're broken, you're working hard for something. When your son wants, when your son wants ice cream across the street and you can't give it to him, yeah. it'll break your heart. But I'll buy that ice cream pilot today yeah. and I would give it to him, man. That's the truth. I mean that from my heart. That's right. Yeah, man. You know, it's wild. That's some emotional daytime TV. But, you know, it's coming from the heart. I'm not going to make fun of anybody for it. I think the proper message was there. Yeah. But it's interesting to see a guy like Steve Martirano get that emotional on TV like that. Yeah, but, you know, he went into his life a little, and, you know, he hasn't exactly had the easiest life. And, you know, there are some hard feelings in there that get brought up along the way, and Steve Harvey makes him remember that. You know, and it's never a bad thing to appreciate where you came from. It's not. It's not. In fact, it's a good thing, and it can help in other aspects of life and business. Absolutely. Uh but yeah, man, uh, daytime TV is getting wild. I have no time for daytime TV. Lord knows I don't. You know, I don't even remember. We, I guess Jerry Springer a long time ago, I would occasionally have that on. I was a huge Price is Right guy, but at a certain point, there's only so much I can take of Drew Carey's Price is Right. Yeah, yeah, for, no question about that. Drew Carey's kind of a weird guy. In fact, guys, I was watching uh, some... Netflix the other night. I watched Craig Ferguson, who was on the Drew Carey show and had a late night TV show uh, following Letterman on CBS for years. And I always weirdly kind of liked Craig Ferguson. I don't know why. I don't even think he's overly funny or anything like that. Yeah. I just thought he was a decent entertainer. So I watched his hour long stand up. So there's a little segment for you guys my Netflix recommendations. Watch Craig Ferguson's Netflix stand-up special. It's actually pretty good. And it's interesting for a... uh, In this political Hollywood era, he really stayed down the middle on politics. You know, he took a few little stabs at Trump, but nothing weird. Nothing over the top. Yeah, it was cool. You could tell he was a down-the-middle guy. And you can appreciate that. Absolutely. And then uh, somebody who was not down-the-middle... But I admire the guy, and I watched his hour-long Netflix stand-up, and I found it really cool. Uh, Judd Apatow, who did all those, you know, Seth Rogen movies mm-hmm. and um, Trainwreck, Pineapple Express. Knocked up. Knocked up. I like Judd. He's funny. Yeah, real good. Real good. He's a, a New York, Long Island guy, and he's got a good thing going on. For sure. He talked about experiencing really bad stage fright. Mm. And this was like his first time doing stand-up since 1991. Wow, that's cool. His stage fright was so bad that he was at an award ceremony for the great Mel Brooks, who we all love. Mel Brooks is a comedy icon. And he was supposed to do the final, you know, introduction for Mel, the welcoming of Mel. And everybody went before him. He said, like, Sarah Silverman said everything he had planned to say, but said it better. Billy Crystal roasted him, but then gave, like, this great salute to his character, had people crying. Uh, And then there was, like, another great comedian that did a great lead-in. But Judd was going to be the last one to give the final intro before Mel came on stage to accept the award. He got so, you know, nervous. He looked to his daughter, said, you know, I, you know, Sarah Silverman used everything I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I'm essentially shitting my pants right now. What should we do? 
His daughter said, let's get the hell out of here. They <laughs> left. Wow. That's they funny. <laughs> it is funny. Yeah. For such a talented, smart guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like at that point, man, I would don't even worry about being funny. Just give like a sincere introduction. That's what oh, I would I'm with you. Yeah. That's I'm what I would have did. At a certain point. Yeah. Who you cares? know, it seems like the laughs were there. In fact, he could come on stage and just talk about what an inspiration Mel Brooks is at that point. Absolutely. I mean, when you're that funny and talented of a guy, sometimes there's a pressure to always be funny. But at the end of the day, when you've created so much funny material, people don't need you to be funny like giving a speech. Right. And at that specific type of event, yeah. the laughs were already had. Sure. So people are okay with even a short-winded, uh, meaningful sincere intro yeah but these guys they're you know they're talented they like to overthink things absolutely they're thinkers we aren't thinkers benny we're doers we're doers we man. just we pile out the content two weeks ago a three-hour episode original video content original memes original tweets last week a two-hour episode uh original videos original content now we got Mike Marino back on. We got many more guests lined up for the rest of the summer. We're trying to put together multiple contracts to do our show live from multiple places. This is getting excited. VIP listeners, we owe it to you guys for hanging in there with us, battling with us, scrapping with us. That's what makes it fun. It's a team effort. We love you guys. We appreciate the words of encouragement that you send us. And... The fact of the matter is, this is a type of thing that isn't going anywhere. We're here to stay, Benny. We're battling tooth and nail. We just got to enjoy the ride. You know it, babe. So, VIP listeners, for all you guys out there, have a great rest of your week. And until next time, we'll talk to you on the mark.